Do you know which Bani from the Guru Granth Sahib is the most promoted, the most, I guess, distributed universally Bani today? Well, I might have a few guesses, but I think it might be related to uh, the modern world, I would say, the modern religious world. It could be justifying the activities today. could be something like... Uh, using the word sant somewhere or using the word brahmgani somewhere <laughs> yep it will surprise you now we have the guru granth sahib we have gurbani everything has a equivocal uh, equal emphasis as far as guru nanak is concerned each and every word of gurbani whether that is bhagtadibani patadibani gursekhadibani or even you know the bani of the gurus themselves each and every word each and every line has a equal emphasis but in today's time two bunnies seem to have uh, superseded even uh, taken over the nitnam bunnies and this the first one is dukh panjani bunny which is pretty much cut and pasted from random shabads and put together to say look if you read this you will have no dukh in your life which again runs contrary to the foremost shabad we have in rera sab every evening dukh daru sukh rog pya dukh yep. or pain is the medicine to mental and physical ills on the other hand the other bani as you mentioned regarding sant and brahmgyani this is the sukhmani sahib and not just the entire sukhmani sahib it's only a few portions from the sukhmani sahib which are uh, involved which are enunciated and if you pick up a sukmani sahib gutka in the punjab i bet you anything anything you want me to bet that all the ashtpadis will simply have a one line explanation but when you get to the brahmgyani and the sant part you will have these massive essays possibly adding a hundred more pages to the gutka than is necessary i think you might be right here Yep, I mean, if you look at Sukhmani Sahib, back in the day, we used to have Sukhmani Sahib Gutkas. How many pages were they? 100 to 200? And today we have these massive, bulky commentaries. And in my experience, most of these commentaries, additional pages, only focus on the Sant and Brahmgyani parts and nothing else in Sukhmani Sahib itself. Well, of course, they have to justify their lifestyle today. So uh, along the same lines, you will find photo of Guru Nanak wearing very clean clothes sitting on a throne like uh, a throne like thing and having two two people supposedly by madan and bala just you know taking care of him one is just giving him some wind with the pakki the large one everything mm-hmm. yeah so so if if they had to emulate that that, that we live this way baba nanak also lived this way yeah so if they want to yep. say okay we are sant sant brahmakami ganesh today sant and hmm. brahmgyanis today gurbani also says that sant and brahmgyanis are like this so the gurbani is talking about us so they have justified hmm. in some way and this is a very interesting point which comes up here is that no virin gurbani has anyone ever proven that it says that the human is capable of becoming the brahmgyani uh Well, okay, okay. <clears throat> Let's point it this way: Who exactly hmm. is a Brahmgyani? What exactly is Brahmgyan? 
If you look at Sukhmani Sahib itself, the starting, you know, Brahmgyani has created, the Srishti Brahmgyani has created creation. Brahmgyani empowers creation. Brahmgyani fuels Sukham. It is all Brahmgyani's will. It's pretty evident that Brahmgyani, Brahm is infinite. And yep. the Gyan of the infinite can never be uh, comprehended by humans. Because, I mean, I will get, get on to this part next. It's about how we comprehend Gurbani. Now, you know, a few weeks back, we discussed the Pyo Dadeda called the Kajana Shabad. Yes. And that there was a line that that there is never any end, but there is always an increase. Now, if there is always an increase, then that means that humans, common models who become Gurmukhs, they're always finding something new to contribute towards that infinite uh, treasure. True. True. So that means a human cannot become a Brahmagyani because essentially a Brahmagyani is someone who knows the limits of the infinite and a human can never know the limits of the infinite. Only the creator is able to know the uh, limits of, the, of what we class as being infinite so that means that Brahmgyani is not a human. Brahmgyani is Akal Purak, Vahiguru, whatever you want to uh, call that creative power. But we are to emulate Brahmgyani's virtues in our lives. But somehow, somewhere along the way, we have come down to this point where we are saying, oh no, we can become Brahmgyanis ourselves. And where Sukhmani Sahib says that the entire uh, creation is dependent upon a Brahmgyani. You seriously got to wonder how, how Brahmgyanis can be running creation. Hmm. Well, you make a good point here. But then I will... I'm actually uh, thinking about this. Uh, we have to ask this question. Are there hmm. any Brahmgyanis outside India? None. If I go to Russia, would, would I find a Brahmgyani there? Nope. If, if I go to the Australian outback, would I find any Brahmgyanis there? <laughs> no, unless you're counting a kangaroo as a Brahmgyani. Well, they'll probably punch me and uh, give me some extra Brahmgyan, but I don't want it. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a kangaroo punching somebody? They actually kind of box. Yeah, yeah, they actually kind of box. And I guess you'll learn a lesson that this is Kudrati Gyan. Don't mess with nature. Nature will... Come and bite you back or punch you in this case. So there are no Brahmganis in outback Australia. There are no Brahmganis in frozen Siberia. There are no Brahmganis in the African savanna. There are no Brahmganis in the Amazon rainforest. And there are no Brahmganis mm. in the uh, uh, American prairies. No. So why are Brahmganis only concentrated in India, and especially, I would say, North India? And this, this is a very pertinent point you raise. Because in the Sukhmani Sahib, it says Brahmagyani is universal. Well, and if Brahmagyani is universal, you would expect there to be a lot of Brahmagyanis globally, which we don't see. Hmm. Well, uh, one could say that there are a lot of people who claim to be uh, enlightened people and that could translate to being a Brahmagyani. But I think they yes. are actually along in, in that world. They're actually along the lines of the Abrahamic faiths. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah. So my point stands: there are no Brahmanis outside India. 
No, there are no Brahmaganis outside India. Now, <clears throat> see, this is a ground which has been tread on before. Uh, when we got the request for this particular one, there were some uh, people who, uh, you know, like uh, some listeners who uh, basically told me that you guys are flogging a dead horse. We now, you know, now in these past three years, we all know that, you know, the Brahmagyani uh, dramas, all that, we know it stands exposed. So why are you guys talking about it? But I told them it's a pertinent discussion because it indicates how we have started mistranslating Gurbani and allowed, you know, I guess, detractive factions to misappropriate Gurbani for their own ends. Now, Brahmagyani is a Kalpurak. Brahmagyani is the creator. That is essentially established. Now, Brahmagyani, according to Sukhmani Sahib, because, you know, most of these uh, misdefinitions, these wrong definitions are taken from Sukhmani Sahib. So we will use the same composition to answer all the myths which are, you know, circulating today. Now, Sukhmani Sahib says that the Brahmagyani never dies and is never born. Now, Essentially, this is a physical process, dying and being born. You know, there is a physical process involved. Yep. If the Brahmagyani isn't subject to these physical travails, if the Brahmagyani doesn't die, if the Brahmagyani isn't born, Brahmagyani sadhjive nahi marta, why then are there human Brahmagyanis who are going to die and then be reborn? Hmm. Well... The answer to it is very, very simple, but not, not many people are willing to accept it. It's just selling religion. That's it. Yep, it's selling religion. And another aspect down here, which I'll touch upon, is that, you know, we have hukam, hukme andar sabko bahar hukam na koi. Akal, yep, creator, manifested hukam. That's, you know, the creator's akal puruk's will. Hukam isn't an arbitrary minute-to-minute decision, you know, taken by some supreme judge. So essentially what Gurbani says is that Hukam is perfect from the start. It does not need any changing. What requires changing is our ego to uh, correspond with the Hukam, you know, that uh, we need to change ourselves to live in tandem with Hukam. So if someone says that, you know, it's Kalpurk's Hukam that, you know, Babaji did this or Santaji did that or Brahmgyani did that, doesn't make any sense in light of Gurbani because essentially Hukam is perfect from the start. So why would Akal Purk change it for a few individuals who claim to be enlightened? And uh, over the, I would say, human history is about 10,000 years old. Would you say that? Yeah, let's yeah, let's keep that as a figure. So Akal Purk chose to send Brahmagyanis, if, if we believe so. Hmm. Only in the second half or or the later half of the 1800s and 1900s. <laughs> so there, <laughs> there has to be a very, very specific reason for that. See, because the thing is, if you look at Gurbani, the gurus never claimed the status of Brahmagyani for themselves. As we established, Brahmagyani is a Kalpurk. The one who shaped Brahm, he's the true Gyani. And on the other hand, these titles which are being claimed today are just misappropriated and mistranslated. Now, this has been said countless times before. Let's just say it again for clarification's sake. 
from guru gobind singh ji onwards we have bhai mani singh yes we have a baba banda singh baba deep singh bhai binod singh bhai deya singh bhai taram singh bhai sahib singh mata sahib kaur you know we have these we have these quite uh, simplistic titles you know like just simple everyday titles being used to uh, address a person or you know uh, highlight their role and i guess when we use bhai benji mata you know or baba it sort of creates that sense of fraternity within us you know like a uh, bhai navjeet singh bhai amarjeet singh but if we come down now of course i mean our view your view and my view pretty much is that there are no institutions which have survived from the guru's times which can claim direct descent even if they were let's say hmm they would have no legitimacy yes so now let's just take this for example we let's just say we are part of such an institute which claims descent from guru gobind singh ji now who's doing big this ever by navjeet singh uh who's doing you know uh guru granth sahib ji the uh, chor di seva bhai sukhman singh who is doing kirtan bibi uh, you know no bibi ramdas kaur and then, no bibi and then walking along walking along from outside who is this sant baba amarjit singh ji brahmgyani exohat and then when i get on stage and claim we are all uh, we are all khalsas we are a body of equals someone will be cracking up and they're saying hey wait a second you're sant baba they're all pais and penjis why don't you become a pai yourself you see i would simply say we have an upgraded our software so we are still pai <laughs> yep and, and although and, you, you must remember if we, if we claim that we are, are descended from uh, dasam guru as an yes. as an institution we must say that the samparta of our data doesn't allow, allow women to carry out any duties Ah uh, yes 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 Ooh. I forgot that I'm sorry yes women yeah. can't be allowed any duties as yeah, per yeah. the traditional model Yeah uh, that's why I said no BP Hmm Now <clears throat> this is a uh, borrowing of someone else's work and I'll mention his name he's a uh, he's emerged as quite a influential leading Sikh scholar in the past few years and this is a uh, some call him professor some call him doctor but this is Karminder Singh Dil of Malaysia he's a uh, behind the ek pant ek grant ek maryada movement down there in malaysia is it the same fellow who recently had a, like a bbc documentary about tracing his origins in india i no i don't think so i'm not aware of this documentary oh. but um yes so anyhow you know professor karminder singh till i i actually talked with him regarding another uh, topic and i decided to follow him on seek philosophy network and also on youtube and uh, you know his sekvachar forum online his blog and um he he's actually done a video on you know the japji sahib and uh, in part 2 he actually uh, he's actually managed to derive a key from within gurbani itself to understanding gurbani so what i'm saying is comprehending gurbani through gurbani to prevent mistranslations and their effects well uh, you make a very interesting point here there are no out- mm. outside texts which which uh, could uh, how do i say uh make gurbani genuine or you could say that uh, gurbani doesn't need certifications from any outside texts 
And uh, I guess still, oh, in this video, it covers quite a lot of things. But one thing which he's actually uh, covered is that how these concepts are derailed. Now, the concepts he mentions, I will actually list them here. So number one, when we try understanding Gurbani through Gurbani itself, number one is textual interpretation. This is where we uh, read the entire Shabbat Pangati and deduce what is literal and what is contextual, you know, what is literal and what is figurative. Now, a good example, which I'll just state in the upcoming uh, few minutes is uh, of Sant. Now, in Sikhi, Sant is prescribed as being a human being, which is right to a certain degree, but a majority of the times Gurbani uses Sant for the truth. Yep. So the truth in Gurbani is Sant, and the human sant is someone who seeks the truth and imbibes those virtues. But this human sant is actually uh, part of a greater framework, which we do not see among our uh, sants and Brahmagyanis today, the human aspect anyway, which is being imposed on us. Well, uh, traditionally, I would say there is a thing, mm. uh, there's a thing called, not a thing, it's, it's kind of a proverb, you would say that... Uh, in Punjabi, you would say, be Santo Sobaya. Yes, yes. That th this person is calm. Th this person yep. is caring. Hmm. This, this person is willing to help people. Hmm. And this person is a gentle human being, yeah? Yes. So you could say it has gotten, hasn't got much to do with uh, your level of uh, knowledge of the religion and something. Traditionally, yes, so nothing. So. Yep. So next comes internal validity. Now, internal validity is quite crucial. These this leads to the other steps in this uh, process. Uh, first one is the literal versus contextual versus figurative. We need to do, uh, deduce which one is which. Internal validity is this that the trend that the simplification we come to the comprehension of that particular. Shabad or Pangti we actually uh, receive from Gurbani. Is that valid for the entire text? Hmm. Because we, because what Gurbani says, Gurbani itself says that, you know, there is no contradiction in it. So there is this one seamless line of thought running through all of uh, Sahib Shri Guru Granth Sahib Maharaj's uh, angs, which, you know, will be pages in English. And we need to keep in tandem with this uh, one seamless uh, line of thought. So really what we're saying is that if I translate a particular Shabbat here, for example, now take, for example, uh, the Brahmagyani Shabbat. I mean, we focus on the Brahmagyani Shabbats and then we come to, you know, the fact where it says Brahmagyani has created the entire creation. Brahmagyani runs the entire creation. There is obviously a contradiction here because Someone born a few decades back, who we call Brahmagyani today, how could they? How could they have created the entire creation, which has been in existence for you know millions of years, you know, for more than a millennia? Well, it could be justified in some way because they they are actually very clever in the way they advertise. Yes, but leaving aside their, uh, I guess, uh, their Charlton aspect. When we stick closely to Gurbani, that's what we learn, that we actually need to be able to, you know, I guess, provide the internal validity as well, that, you know, this 
interpretation, is it valid for the entire text? And this comes down to another point again. Next point is internal reliability. So now I have this uh, simplification, this comprehension. Is it reliable? Can it be evidenced further through other parts of Gurbani? Hmm, okay. Uh, and oh, sorry, yes. no, I, I was just thinking about it. Oh, go, go on, sorry. Yep. And then the next step is Gurbani must be used to explain Gurbani. Gurbani, bicho Gurbani nu samjiye. To keep the context going. Yeah, well, I would agree with that. Yes. And then we come down to another point Gurbani grammar is unique. Key to unlocking Gurbani's unique idiom, Gurbani's unique phraseology, its syntax is Gurbani's very own grammar, because that grammar, the traditional conventional grammar in use during Gurnanik's uh, times, he changed it when he uh, refined uh, Punjabi and made the Gurmukhi script. He changed many grammatical rules to uh, make it more uh, conversant with his philosophy. Now, I'll give you a straight-up example. We know that Gurmukhi has no such thing as commas. And when it doesn't have commas, it's exclusively relying on spaces. So now there is a... I wouldn't call it a Shabbat. There is a commentary by Pai Gurdas in Var 13. Vahe Guru Gurmantar hai Jap Homekhoi. Now, Gurbani is quite dismissive of mantars because mantars are pretty much uh, rooted in a you know, continuous recitation for a personal gain. Am I right? And from there, we come down to the fact that Vaheguru Gurmantar hai japho mein Now, how do we explain this? Is by Gurdas saying that Vaheguru is my Gurmantar and we have a lot of people chanting Vaheguru, 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 Vaheguru. But really what it is, is that Vaheguru Gurmantar hai, there is a space between Gur and Mantar in the original Gurmukhi. So the traditional meaning which is derived is Vaheguru Gurmantar hai japho mein that Vaheguru is my Gurmantar. But what Pai Gurdas is saying, and this is where the English translation should have a comma after Vaheguru, that Vaheguru, oh wondrous Guru, he's probably addressing Guru Arjan Devji. Gur, the Gyan is my Mantar. The Gyan substitutes for me what others have in Mantars. I jap your Gyan and my Homey is gone. Now, interestingly enough, in Japji Sahib Guru Nanak Devji says, And that pretty much changes the entire definition of Jap from chant to contemplation. Yeah, but just because the Punjabi used in the 14, 15, and 1600s is not the same that we use today. Yes, so Jap doesn't mean chant, Jap means contemplation. So like by Gurdas Ji's uh, VAR 13 has been altered. See, if you look at the Gurmukhi, there is that space between Gur and Mantar. But where uh, the translation is, Gurmantar is put together. So this is pretty much uh, eroding Gurbani's unique grammar, ignoring those uh, rules of uh, grammatical Gurbani to push through, uh, I guess I would call it a non-Sikh viewpoint. Hmm. 
And then the last point which uh, Karminder Singh Tillo has made, because I'm just summarizing these, is that uh, once you have done all these above steps, you need to come to this realization that you need a coherent and practical explanation, something which you can practically implement in your life. Can you give me an example? I guess when we have... Uh... Okay, yep. so I'll give you an example. Now, here is something which is which is quite often misinterpreted. Now, you have heard of how these sons and babas tell us, Nam, Japa, Wahiguru, 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 you know, just chant Wahiguru, Wahiguru, Wahiguru. And on one hand, we have Guru Nanak Dev Ji saying that, you know, this is just useless. Right? Yeah. Now, one of the main Shabbats which is primarily misinterpreted down here is Gun Gobind Nam Tonabani. Now, Interestingly enough, it's given quite a different meaning to what it is. Now, the Babe Sants in India, the way they translate this Shabbat is pretty much that the creator's, uh, the creator's virtues, the creator's glories, yes, the creator's glories, his uh, benefication, or, you know, he will listen to your prayers if that you chant the name, and then you will understand as Bani. So pretty much it brings us down to the fact that you need to sit down somewhere and chant Wahiguru, Wahiguru, Wahiguru to understand Gurbani and then get the creator's, uh, uh, receive the creator's uh, glories, blessings. Well. Except. Okay. Except if you look at it in light of the, of, you know, Gurbani's formula, which Dillo highlights. Bani actually means the virtues of my maker are my nam. So the virtues of the creator, the impartiality, the fairness, all that is my gyan. Because, you know, Gurbani identifies nam as being gyan. And they are discovered through this bani. So essentially what the guru is saying, that if you read the Sri Guru Granth Sahib, this Gurbani, you will discover the true gyan, which is to emulate the virtues of the creator in your life. Now, this is found on Anga 296 of Gurbani. And you see where the practicality is involved in that? Mm -hmm. You're being empowered to study your surroundings, to derive lessons from even the most simplest of things which you will dismiss and to implement them in your life. It liberates you. Whereas that older translation, even though there is a bit of practicality in there, it's actually making you sit down somewhere and renounce the world. Something that uh, Gurbani and Tiki exclusively rejects. Yes, it rejects it. And now we have this formula. So someone will wonder that how come this formula isn't implemented in Gurdwaras? Now, Tillo has an answer for that as well. First one is that these principles are conveniently derailed through reliance on convoluted logic steeped in otherworldly esotericism which is pretty much your understanding from a dualistic perception. Your intelligence isn't so acute enough. You aren't steeped in numb that you can understand something so complex. And I've seen something now that, you know, dubious texts with a dubious authorship are credited to uh, historic Sikh figures like Pai Mani Singh Ji or, you know, Baba Deep Singh Ji or Pai Dea Singh Ji. And these texts are pretty much a reiteration of, you know, Vedantic philosophy, 
and it's all mistranslating Gurbani. And it pretty much says that you need to uh, shape your understanding to uh, let go of dualism. And then you will understand, you know, why the Santa Brahmagyani club really says that uh, you need to chant the Nam or you need to do this and you need to do that. But what we can call, you know, holy dogmatism or ritualism. Except the fact is that what these texts are essentially implying is that you don't use your bibek, you cut off your bibek, you don't question anything, just follow the leader blindly like a sheep. Well, that is the ultimate goal of any movement, I would say. If, if there's leadership, you have to follow, you have to follow the orders. It, it, this has been the way for millennia, yeah? Yes. Now, amazingly enough, the emphasis which is put on du duality in these uh, so-called complementary or secondary texts, these sakis, it's pretty surprising that, you know, if they are saying that all these uh, ancient, these historic Gursiks wrote these uh, tracts, this literature, it's pretty amazing that these Gursiks only uh, emphasized, you know, letting go of this dual, uh, dualism and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Except Gurbani says on Ang 51, the world is engrossed in debating good and bad. The vacant individual knows the reality and avoids this futility. So how is it that these Gursiks are actually, uh, you know, immersing themselves in what Gurbani itself says is a futile exercise? Well, that, that's a tragedy, I would say. And I guess the tragedy here is that we have never actually able, uh, ever able, uh, we have never been able to uh, set up some sort of a historic standard committee and, you know, try authenticating these texts on par with Gurbani as to, are they actually in consort with Sikh tenets or are these just uh, introductions, infiltrations in our uh, literary psych to uh, derail us from the true message of Gurbani? Well, uh, I, uh, we have to look at it this way. That, that's my, uh, this is my opinion. That there has yes. been no shortage of people throughout Sikh history who have tried to distort, mm. change, and bend what the gurus have written and created for their own own, own mm, personal mm, lives. There's mm. no shortage of people. There has been no shortage of people, yeah? So yep. my mind no. thinks that if mm. there was no shortage back then, gurus were themselves alive, in this day or yes. after 1708, the number of those people must have surely increased. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm. Imagine, okay, hold on. Imagine, <clears throat> imagine the year is mm. let's say sixteen fifty. Let's say, yes. The vast majority of Sikhs or would have never seen the guru. There were no pictures. There were no videos. No nothing. So if you mm. and I, if you and I, dressed up as Sikhs. And went into a Punjabi mm. village that we knew uh, followed Sikhi and Guru Sahibs. We could yes. have preached anything we wanted. Or we could have collected money and resources, mm. maybe food or maybe some grains or something. We just had to claim mm -hmm. that we are the Sikhs of uh, the Guru and uh, we are preaching Sikhi across the land. Just mm -hmm. a very simple mm -hmm. example. That people did not knew. Mm. Yeah. So I'm in this example. I'm just yes. using, just using the lack 
of yep. identification of the guru by faith. Yeah. Hmm. So yes. in today's world, there's lack of understanding of Qurbani or lack of understanding of what exactly yes. Qurbani says because of the mistranslation we have discussed early. If, if we talk about yes. the point related to it, in today's world, or let's say in the last 100, 100 years or so, when this Baba uh, Dama, I would say, and the Brahmagani business really took off, who exactly yep. would identify a Brahmagani? Mm-hmm. Who exactly was or is qualified to identify a Brahmagani? Or do I have to self-certify myself as a Brahmagani? Mm-hmm. Thing is, if if you are not a surgeon, you cannot certify that other person is a surgeon. Mm. If I am a surgeon, I have to learn surgery from somebody who has been a surgeon for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah? Mm. That's the only way I can become a surgeon. Yes. I have to get a certification of being a surgeon from a higher authority. Yeah. So if I go to school today, yeah? Let's say I yes. passed 10 years or 12 years of high school or anything. I get a certificate from a higher yes. authority, people who are more qualified than me. If I go to a university, my professors are PhDs, yeah? They are more qualified yes. than me. They can issue me a degree that this person has uh, you know, studied, passed exams, and now he has completed this degree. So we always get certifications mm. from higher authorities or people more qualified and experienced than us. But in terms of being a mm. Brahmagani, mm. illiterate Sikhs are giving them this title that you are a Brahmagani. See, you raise a very crucial issue here, which I believe is very crucial in my mind. And it's this that after the Gurus, the collective Khalsa Panth identified and awarded services and titles. During this period from uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji's, uh, you know, after uh, the Guru passed away to the onset of the Maharaja Ranjit Singh era, pretty much there were no Sanths or Brahmagyanis. No one had that title at all. No one declared themselves as such. And then when the British finally come into the Punjab, the Punjab is conquered. Sikhs are actually, uh, you know, inculcated in this, uh, I guess, this... Uh, psychological trend that you're a warrior race, you're a martial race, come fight for us. After that, we start seeing this influx of Brahmgyanis and Sants and Babas spreading out. Now, amazingly enough, when we ask how is it that most of these uh, Brahmgyanis and Sants were ex-soldiers or, you know, related to someone who was a soldier or they themselves had done civil services, we're pretty much told that, you know, Sikhi was preserved by the British to keep the Sikhs going to keep the Sikhs fighting. But then at the same time, these uh, allegations are made that the British changed quite a lot about Sikhi. So how is it that these, uh, what these Sants and Brahmgyanis preached and have been preaching, how do we know what authority is there to adjudge that what they were teaching was of authentic Sikhi and not something else designed to, uh, you know, pacify us? I'll give you an example. I think uh, it's relevant here. Yes. Nazi Germany is defeated in 1945. The German people yep. are leaderless. Their country is divided. 
a lot of Germans yes. actually moved outside Germany, especially to South, South America. Yes. That's why you never ask yes. an Argentinian about their grandfather. So, <laughs> yes. not, not just Argentina, many South American countries, yeah? So, yes. I was actually watching a documentary about uh, a, a, a cult called uh, Comunidad Dignidad. Have you, have you heard of it? Oh, uh, yes. Community. I think it was in Uruguay or Paraguay. Oh, oh, oh. Uruguay, yes, I believe yeah. so around there. So the point I'm trying to make here through this example is that when your state has been destroyed, a nation is leaderless, yes. and in war your spine mm. has been broken, it's very easy. It's very easy to destroy your beliefs, your central beliefs and your identity. So the British ended our empire, ended our mm -hmm. state, ended our sovereignty. So it was very, and we were of course leaderless. Mm. So it was easy for them to introduce so-called the Sant Babas, introduce the so-called grants and texts to dilute and destroy our identity mm. and to mold us into whatever shape they wanted us to be useful to them. And that's where the point of being a martial race comes in. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And 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 uh, so, sorry. And and in the very yeah. same way, the leaders of the uh, community dignidad, the leader of the dignity community, I would I would uh, equate them with mm. the Sant Papa. They saw an opportunity. They became the leaders, and they be, they almost became like cult leaders, and uh, they did all sorts of things that we can't even discuss. Mm -hmm. See, from my understanding of Sikh history, after the British pretty much marched into Lahore after the Second Anglo-Sikh War, there was this, there were massive rebellions uh, led by, uh, if I remember correctly, Bikram Singh Bedi, by Maharaj Singh, some of the leftover missile chiefs, the minor missiles, I guess you can call them. And during this time, the British and the Patiala Monarchy had a meeting where the British asked, look, we need some figurehead which can pacify the Sikhs. And a very interesting individual was offered up. Now, if someone wants to read more about this, it's uh, written in, in the Master's Presence, Volume 1, The Sikhs of Hazur Sahib by uh, Nadar Singh and Paramjit Singh. The uh, book is published by Kashi House. It did prove controversial back in 2006, seven-ish around that period. Anyhow, what they relate is that Matab Singh Nirmala was pointed out as being the perfect figurehead. Now, I guess Nirmalas have a history where they say Guru Gobind Singh Ji sent them to Benares to learn Sanskrit. Now, of course, many loopholes in that story. And another aspect of their belief is that they teach Sikhi through Vedanta. Two points here, that if they teach Sikhi through Vedanta, which is unrelated to Sikhi, then does that mean the Guru's spotted subterfuge to gain more converts and the other one being i guess which is you know logically quite big is that if the gurus told them to use vedanta to bring in hindus to the sikh fold then did they tell anyone else to uh, utilize quranic norms or biblical norms to you know gain converts from those religions to sikhi anyhow matab singh nirmala was made the head of a uh, taramduja akara and the uh, Taramduja Kara pretty much spread out all over the Punjab. They uh, dressed in white, 
have the mini Texali Kirpan, you know, the handle being uh, quite useless in a fight. And they spread out all over the Punjab and they had their counterparts in Banaras who dressed in orange. Massive conflict at Hazur Sahib. They had a clash. 20 people, I think, died. Similar events at Anandapur and Chamkor Sahib until ultimately they were pretty much pushed out from the Panthak Sikh. And it seems they finally returned, you know, by the Santa Brahmagani medium and uh, when all the traditionalists patched up, you know, to uh, further their hold on Sikhi. But it seems to me that this history has been quite aptly covered up and we need to start questioning our own history of fear to clarify, you know, this uh, misappropriation of Gurbani. Now, as we were discussing, the Taramduja Kara pretty much had quite a lot of uh, descendants, ideological descendants. We had Gyani Gyan Singh, who misinterpreted Guru Gobind Singh Ji's final words, he made it into Guru Granth Sahib Ji De. Then coming down, we had more uh, descendants, ideological descendants, and uh, they also produced the Freed Kotwala Tika. And that tika has become the primary resource for translating Gurbani today. And that is where all this uh, misappropriation of the Gurbani, uh, of Gurbani occurs, the Brahmagyani and the Santa Shabads. And amazingly enough, no one has actually thought to step outside the Fridkot tika and look at Gurbani from an impartial view and then translate it, I guess, or simplify it as such. Mm. Well, uh, you could say that... Uh... Anybody who sponsored the text, we should also focus on them. Mm -hmm. And amazingly enough, if you were to argue against the Fridkot Tika, it's said that you are uh, looking at concepts from a westernized lenses, from a colonial perspective. Except amazingly enough, the Fridkot Walatika, the rulers of Fridkot who actually sponsored it, they were living on British uh, largest anyway. They were sponsored by the British to retain their uh, thrones. So <laughs> you well, see I the contradiction know, down here? And I guess from there, all this misappropriation transpired. Now, we have discussed the Brahmagyani Shabad. Let's come down to the other two, Saad and Sant. There are four usages for this these two particular Shabbats in Gurbani. Number one, they refer to the creator. Number two, they refer to the creator's wisdom. Number three, they refer to the infinite and unalterable truth. And then number four, and this is quite minimum, seekers of the truth, but not an exclusive class. Now, you know the Sukhmani Sahib Shabbat, I'll actually read it out for you. Santka doki narkme pae, santka doki mat hoi malin. So... So, so today, and what so it's today, this can be yes. translated to "We are sons." If you go against me, you will go to hell. <laughs> Very simple as that. Yes. Yep. Now, amazingly enough, Veer Papinder Singh of the Living Treasure, Pai Baljeet Singh of Delhi, and quite a lot of other Sikh scholars who use Gurbani's own grammar. The now, we have to look at all of Gurbani rather than Sukhmani Sahib to get the proper translation. But let's just come down to, you know, what we know. What if Sant meant the infinite and unalterable truth? Because the creator, Vahiguru, he has no enemies. We can't become his enemies. 
seekers of the truth, they're humble and they're not an exclusive class that, you know, someone can become their enemy. So what we have is only one possible definition of Saad and Sant left, and that is the truth, such. Now, Santka doki narkme by Santka doki mathoi malin. This, if this was translated to opposing the truth, one falls into hell, slandering the truth, one pollutes one's intellect. Does that make more sense or the other, uh, the one provided by the club well, makes more what sense? what we are discussing makes more sense. The truth, the universal truth, which is in everyone's grasp, you're not relying on a physical presence to grasp that truth. Well, I was just going to talk about this thing, that the word you used, physical presence. You realize that, uh, hmm. let's say in India, they always have, hmm. have, been, have been, uh this trend that you have to have a physical person right in front of you to consider to worship God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, so let's I'm uh, aware of that. talk about uh, the Nirankaris having a physical guru. The Radha Swami is having yes. one. Yeah, mm, Nam Taris having one. Then you could also say that Sarsila uh, Baba was uh, in the same category. Well, not Baba, Sarsila. Mm -hmm. And then you could also say that, uh, that uh, in the south there was a. Uh, who was that guy uh, who looked like Sachin, Sachin Tendulkar? Um, I know who you're talking about, but I just can't remember the name okay. now. <laughs> then you also have uh, uh, the guy who's in prison, Bapu uh, Asaram. Uh, yes. There was, there's another one in prison, uh, Rampal yeah, yeah, or yeah. someone who called himself uh, yeah, 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 Incarnation yeah, yeah. of Kabir. So my point is... That uh, misguided people or people do, who do not have the intellect, they always need somebody physically right in front of them. A, a person mm -hmm. they can rely on, a person they can worship, a person they can respect, and a person whose orders or whose, whose directions they can mm -hmm. follow. Yeah, so I, I had mm -hmm. observed this. And I was wanting to talk about this point, but luckily it came up. So uh, I'm you know, putting this point up in front of the listeners as well. And I want them to, to think that this is just yes. not limited to uh, uh, Sikhi. Well, it's not Sikhi, but the more so-called, quote-unquote, modern Sikhi. You always need somebody up mm -hmm. front to worship. A physical, a physical person. Yes. So... It directly equates them to being cult. Yeah? Mm. And uh, yes, I will ask you a second question. Who goes to these so-called mm. uh, sads and sons and babas? Now, I guess these are people who are actually lost in an illusion that they can somehow, you know, get reality to bend to their will. Uh... Well, well, yeah, okay. Uh, well, th this is a little bit complicated. Well, but not a, little, a lot complicated. But let's just uh, take, take it thread by thread, yeah? Mm. Let's say mm. there are two uh, two people living in the, in the same locality. 
let's say they are both 35 mm. year old men let's say one guy is married mm. 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 he's got kids he's got a good job good income. yep he loves his wife the wife loves yes. him the children loves him he loves his children he lives in a good house yes and uh, his life is mm. going very well on the other side of the mm. of a locality there's another guy he's also 35 he's having difficulty mm. conceiving kids his mother is yes. not happy with the, her daughter-in-law the wife quarrels mm. his business is failing because he's not mm. able to concentrate who is more likely to go to a sand pub mm. the first person or second person i guess so the second person issues that that might be solved by going to a doctor or maybe going to a psychologist you're going to a sand pub yeah hmm hmm and this is i guess what guru nanak dev ji means hukme andar sabko bar hukam na koi nanak hukme je boje to home kahin na koi that if you understand hukam that what is possible what is not possible what is within the confines of reality within the dimensions you will not suffer but unfortunately when we try bending reality to our wills our will that's when we fall into the trap of these uh you know misnomer brahmgyanis sants and babas that they will perform a miracle for us that's what i said although i have gave a very very simple borderline stupid example but i'm giving this example mm-hmm. because it can be observed very easily now mm-hmm. well of mm-hmm. course i grew up in punjab and everything yeah so yes there were no shortages of people who whose parents and whose grandparents used to go to a dera and even though they are educated and yes. rich now they still go there yeah their sons and their daughters yes. are married by the papa the papa tells them who home to marry <laughs> and yes I, i've actually had uh, people known to me coming from the uk they were, they were born and brought up there hmm coming from the uk mm. and telling me that this yes. santa baba did this miracle so i would look at them in the face and say mm. you british you grew up in the west you grew up, you went to the best universities in the world and you still believe that this person mm. in a very backward part of the world did a miracle are you following the miracle is right in front of you a developed world yeah hmm and uh, if if you yes. go into the world which is still uh, much less developed than us uh, somewhere in central africa or something there are people who believe that uh, people uh, can turn into goats and animals uh skin walkers but i've actually read many reports that a robber turned himself into a goat to escape being captured and the police captured that goat and imprisoned uh, put it in the prison 
So there was a goat in the prison, and the police believed <laughs> See, that, um, that was a robber. Just... So if you go to such such people today, yep. how easily would it be to sell whatever you're selling to them? In this case, religion. See, on that issue, there is a, this might be a bit of a digression, but there's quite a good video on YouTube. It's an African video, Kenyan. It's about a kid named Popo, and Popo's dad is about to get uh, kicked out of his house. He hasn't paid the rent. Landlord comes and tells him, I know the local cops, you're going to get a beating. And Popo's father turns around and tells him, hey, wait a second, I've got my witch doctor. His uh, magic is very strong. And the landlord decides to uh, take the payment one year later, fearing the witch doctor's magic. Well, yeah, you have to remember that it's a reality that our, our grandparents and uh, great-grandparents were not educated people. Mm-hmm. And amazingly enough, the Brahmgyanis, these misnomered Brahmgyanis and sons who mislead the people, they are solely proliferating because we do not have enough education about Gurbani. That is, you know, impartial comprehension of Gurbani through Gurbani itself. If we had understood Gurbani, we could have easily caught them out. Now, you know how we discussed the uh, Sant and Saad Shabbats being a uh, uh, majority yep. reference to the truth. But Bika, whose uh, Bani is within the Shri Guru Granth Sahib, he's one of the parts. He's actually got something to say which is related to that. He says, I've seen and visited these saints. So he's saying it in the way that I've seen and visited these physical human saints. Whatever their dramas, they're all silver-tongued. They do a lot of acts. They're all silver-tongued. They easily uh, fall gullible people. That's what he's saying. For a year, I followed them aimlessly. Why should I praise them who have renounced the true Gyan? There you go. Straight away, he said that no matter what their faith, what their culture, whatever their linkage with anything, why should I follow them when they have renounced the true Gyan? And what is the true Gyan? Living in concert yep. with Hukam. When we come back to a few other things, I guess uh, another Shabbat which is misappropriated alongside Sukhmani Sahib is Santka Marg Taran Kipori. Now, this Shabbat is... Uh, now, this is another way to derail Gurbani. You know, Gurbani's essential meaning is to bring in Puratan Katha, or what's called Janam Sakhi Katha. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, and... Uh, Janam Sakhi Katha runs a bit like this. Now, Santka Marg Taram Kipori. What does this Shabbat mean? Someone's read it out from the Shri Guru Granth Sahib, and we have uh, someone sitting on the stage, and uh, this is my experience. This individual broke out into a little story. And he focused on Pakta Jaydev. And uh, what... Apparently, happens is that Pak, the Jaydev, is uh, walking along one night. He's got that little tumbi with him, and uh, Pak, the Jaydev, decides that he needs to stop a while, and he goes to a house. There are burglars in this house. They catch Pak, the Jaydev. They cut off his arms. They take his tumbi and his bag, and they chuck him into a dry well. And what happens after that is Pak, the Jaydev, is in the well. He's in pain. Akal Puraka, you know, sends down his messengers, they restore Pak the Jaydev's hands, Pak the Jaydev climbs out of the well. Anyway, he goes to those robbers and he feeds them uh, langar. 
Okay. Now imagine yourself. Imagine yourself sitting there. What have you learnt about the Shabad Santka Margitaram Kipori? Well, I would probably just fall down and give him more money. <laughs> we learn nothing about it, and that's Saki literature. That's how Saki literature is used to uh, derail, you know, authentic Gurbani. Shabad Vichar, that's what I'd call it. Veer Papindar Singh, you of the Living Treasure calls it Shabad Vichar. Because when you have Shabad Vichar, you should be focusing solely on the Shabad. Gurbani isn't restricted to uh, incident, time, place, or any of those elements. So why then are we bringing in stories which are, you know, quite restrictive in the physical and the literal sense? We have missed a very important point that uh, we should... Hmm. The performance of miracles. Well, Nothing know, like it exists. Uh, there are way too many stories associated with some people. Uh, okay, there's a Gurdwara on the banks of rivers, yes. uh, River Satloj. Uh, just about when you're about to cross from uh, from the bridge for, uh, near uh, Ropa or Rupnagar, yeah? Well, now there are two bridges. Yes. It's, it's between two bridges. Yes. The story says... Yep. The story says that... Uh, there was a flood in the mm. river, and uh, Babaji told the driver to drive through the flood. Mm. <laughs> and the yeah. car was like a... I, I've seen that car, but I can't remember. It's a very expensive foreign car. It, the car was still there. The, mm. This car drove through the flood because Babaji had, had the Shakti. Hmm. And there are way too many miracles. Mm. I've, I've just given one example that people can physically go and see that car over there. Yeah. So since the invention of mm. the camera, mm. there are miracles no more. As mm. if God is afraid of cameras. <laughs> you have a very strong point there. Now, this is a point we made when we started off in the Sikhi and Science podcast, that we are just waiting we are just waiting for the coronavirus to be healed and someone to stay on stage or uh, say on stage that, uh, oh, so-and-so had coronavirus, but well, Babaji healed well, it. Uh, sitting in front of him, believing what he says. Yeah, and, and hmm. they would dress up in a way that you can't even believe. They will wear white clothes, pure white clothes, where the series I went from uh, on, on the top here yeah? have a grand turban, and uh, they were just, mm -hmm. they look like, well, this is what a Sikh is supposed to look like, but inside the brain is empty. Yeah, so I've given you mm -hmm. two examples mm -hmm. that people, I think, must have known, and there might be numerous more, and uh, uh, miracles of all sorts, yeah? It's, it's not just... Yes. driving cars across the floods or you know, making it rain. But many, many more kinds of miracles bringing back the dead. Hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. being physically somewhere else, but appearing somewhere else. Hmm. And, uh, hmm. uh, well, well, of course, you could say that uh, through, through manipulated texts and just fake texts, uh, a lot of so-called 
these miracles have been associated with gurus too. Mm-hmm. When we come down to the issue of these, uh, you know, I guess many individuals like you've uh, described calling themselves, you know, Sants, Brahmagyanis, Guru Amar Das Ji has a very uh, potent warning for the masses, the people who followed him. Now, this is on Ang 491 of Guru Granth Sahib. Those who have filth within them, those who have uh, ego within them, the uh, five vices within them, they declare themselves as sants. Their thirst for these uh, for this filth is never extinguished. And at the end, they only face suffering. And this goes... Similarly, for institutes where, you know, if I was like they say, Santa Baba Amarjit Singh Ji has died, now Santa Baba Navjit Singh is on there. Gurbani says that Sant isn't a hereditary okay, title I'd like at to all. make another point here. It's not the... Uh, yes. There's, there's something about... Uh, uh, okay, so, sorry, I can't remember the exact words. But there's Kulla and then the Bavale, Alende, Nikhan or Nikhan, something like that. Yes, I can't remember the exact uh, Ang reference, but it's Kolha Dinde Bable Linde Bade Nalajitua Kadana Mavi Uparbane Chaji. Yes, so basically what it means is that uh, fools sitting on big chairs, because at that time, you know, Babes and the like used to sit on big chairs, pandits, mullahs, cushioned chairs. Sitting on cushioned chairs, they give out blessings, and bigger fools get those blessings. You can't put a rat through a hole meant for an ant. And then when you put a turban on the rat's head, it becomes impossible. Now, the figurative imagery down here is uh, quite um, discordant. But what it really means is that someone who's a fool sits on a cushion and says, I bless you. And someone else takes those blessings thinking they will change his life. Now, the rat refers to the ego. And the ant hole, the hole meant for an ant, refers to the bikamarg, you know, the way the true sants and bugs walk. A rat can't be put through a hole meant for an ant. And then when you tie a turban on the rat's head, which means you give him a charge that you're the next baba, then that ego is boosted to such a level that it becomes next to impossible for the rat to even dig this and, hole uh, wider for himself. You had it blinds the, the person. And Puratan, yeah? And uh, it makes me laugh, actually. Yes. 500 years old is not Puratan. So mm. when, when a lot of these uh, so-called Babas use the word Puratan Sek, okay. it feels like what they're talking about happened 10,000 years ago. Yes. Yeah? So uh, the vocabulary mm. they use, Yes. It's very intelligently designed, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, yes, it's, it's it a is, tragedy it is. because people who would usually go to the Sant Babas, in, in my observation, are people who are A, not innovative, not daring. Mm. And I'm not going to use yes. the word illiterate because there are a lot of 
people who are right. qualified in terms of having certification, but uh, well, they lack practicality and, and intelligence. I've seen way too many of those. Hmm. And I guess the biggest thing to remember here, Navjeet, as we wrap up now, is that all these years ago, 500 years ago, Pagd Kabirji was traversing the streets of Benares. He used to sit in the Sangat of such people. He used to go to temples, mosques. He used to go everywhere. And based on his experiences, he wrote a very... Uh, uh, I guess, you, you would you agree with Benares me that it's a very dangerous Shabbat? Well, it, it is. It, it must have been very dangerous for him at that time. And yes, I'm uh, talking about Benares Kitag. Even today. Because really, that Shabbat is not talking about the symbols, because, I mean, uh, most Sikhs will take that Shabbat and say, oh, look, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's criticizing Brahmins and Pandits, so we should also uh, criticize Hinduism. No, it isn't about Hinduism. It's about religious uh, hollow ritualism all over uh, the religious world and the people who uh, practice that hollow ritualism. And I'll actually read the Shabbat out. Ragasa. गज साडे ते ते धोतिया तेरे पैन थग गली जिना जप मालिया लोटे हाथ ने बाग ओए हर के संत ना आखे बनारस के ठग ऐसा ऐसे संत ना मोको पावे दाला सियो पेढा कटकावे बसन मांज चढ़ावे ऊपर काठी तोए जलावे बसुदा खोद करई दोई चालई सारे मानस खावे ओए पापी सादा फिरे अपराधी मुख अपारस खावे Sada Sada Abhimani Sagal Kutamba Dubave. It's so really what it really means is Gajasade Te Toti. And that's just referring to the length of the apparel. Teren Pai Tagde Tevira, you know, religious items on them. Gali Jina Japmalia, Lote Hatane Bag, they have Mara in their necks and they have those uh, little pitches, polished well, pitches for water. Well, and uh, that's exactly the picture of Guru Nanak Dev Ji. We have Guru made sitting atop a throne and the two people now taking care of it. Hmm. And then they have Harke Santana Akhe Banaras Kethag. That's what Bhagat Kabir is saying. These are not the saints of Har. Har in this context means the uh, creator who's everywhere, who belongs to everyone. Har. These are the saints well, of nothing. They're just the Banaras. They're just the thugs of Banaras. That's what Bhagat Kabir is saying. Ese Santana Moko Pave. I, these saints do not appeal to me. That's what he's saying, that these people do not appeal to me. You expect them to be vegetarians, to uh, bolster your expectations, to meet your expectations with well, uh, filth in their mind. They will India. even eat the roots and, of the uh, trees. Here is another point. The so-called Sant Babas of Banaras, they, they could simply yes. say, well, Bhaktikovic is talking about the thugs of Banaras. He's not talking about thugs of Punjab, so we are exonerated. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not about it's the thugs of Benares is just a contemporary reference. But listen further to what Bhakt Kabir is saying because if we take the literal translation, we will be criticizing all the people living in Benares. Really, we have to take it in the context of further verses. Now, the next verse, 
basan manj chirave upar kathi dhoi jalave all the timber they use for their cooking they will even wash that timber as well to uh, preserve their purity your baba ji's kamod preserved your your baba ji's hand pump preserved <laughs> yep I mean what's amazing is that uh, you know next to uh, my ancestral village in India is a babaji you know like type museum they actually have the toilet preserved every <sighs> evening they do aarti in front of the toilet okay. what can we say about these things <laughs> there sorry 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 no <laughs> the point you are making and forward, you so easily uh, moved on forward vasda khod kare doi chalaye yes Well, well, I mean, uh, what uh, more can you expect from people, people who don't know what safety is? Everything. They have been made so. They're so afraid of swarg and narg and agla janam and karam and everything. You, you need to confront life. That is what Guru Nanak Dev Ji says. That's what the Gurus did. That's what the Pugs did. everyone whose bani is in guru granth sahib they confronted life they never shied away from its troubles its travails its tribulations its challenges its obstacles when we try shying away try getting away from them that's oh, when you, all you these uh, charlatans which uh, kabir is describing that's when they gain power myself being us. from the dwapar region you would you will probably hear you elder saying then who gave it to any manly because you you were saying this insulting words that's something we disagree on <laughs> and you would simply say you would you would simply say agge ta kuch hai hi nahi jo hai ga hi jindagi now bug and they would they would disagree tu bahut maare karam kite hai jehde eho je bol bol da Well, my answer nowadays usually is that I'm not saying this. This is what Bab Bab Nanak is saying, and then I'll just you know get that Gurmukhi uh, Gurbani Pangati over, and then they don't argue because they know that somewhere in their mind, yes, we screwed up. There was we are, what we are following is not secure. A long time answer. ago, and uh, I was probably fifteen or sixteen back then. That uh, Jesus Christ comes back, yeah, and uh, he says, okay. Yep. Let me see how my how my my disciples, my followers, yes. are living today. Yeah, and so he goes to uh, a big church. Yeah, and he stands in front mm. of it, and he's looking at a church that's like a multi-million-dollar yes. church and everything. Yeah, yeah. And there are people coming in and out, and they're looking at this guy. Who is this guy dressed as Jesus? Yes. And uh, well, he says, "Well, I am Jesus." Yeah. Don't you recognize me? <laughs> and they say, "Oh, he's probably drunk, or probably a drug addict, or probably high on something, mm-hmm. or mentally ill, or something." Yeah. And uh, well, uh, I think it was the bishop who comes out, or or the vicar mm-hmm. who comes out. And uh, he say, "Oh no, this guy's mentally ill, or he's just a prankster, yes. or something." Yes. But he he sends out a couple of people to keep an eye on him. in the evening or at dusk time he he goes to jesus 
and he forces Jesus to go into the church into some some discreet room and tells him mm. a few words. Christianity is is ours now. Don't don't you dare to change it, or we will crucify you again. Mm. Mm. That we are settling the business now. We don't. Oh. Need you. you died two thousand years ago. Just just go back. In the in the very mm-hmm. same way, if Guru Nanak came back today, they would probably kill him. That don't destroy our business. We are well established. Sikhi is ours now. Mm. So well, it 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 is it's kind of joke, but it's a mm-hmm. very dark joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite relevant. Now, moving on with Pakt Kabir Shabad, here are the intra- more more interesting lines. Basta kod kare doi chalai sare manas kave. These people make two-faced ovens, so they will light a fire on one end and then they will actually use the heat from another, saying that well, they think, have a filter uh, in between which purifies the fire for in, them. Uh, some parts of India, I've seen them. Yep, and then then Pakt Kabir says, "Sare manas kave." Yet they eat men. They eat people's conscience, their intelligence. They blind them. They mislead them. That's yep. akin in Pakt Kabirji's eyes to eating the flesh of men. Oi papi sad freya pradi muk aparas kave. That they call themselves touch nothing saints, pure saints. They wander around deceiving others and deceiving themselves, and they eat filth. Sada sada feriabimani sagal kotamba dobave. At the end, they are left wandering aimlessly, and all that they hold near and dear, they drown alongside themselves. And this this shabad is found on Ang four seventy six. Last question before we wrap up, or before we finish. How many people do you think? Understand Gurbani. How how many percent, let's say, yes, of the, the Sikhs of today. So for the rest of the ninety eight percent, who decides? Maybe one to two percent. Well, that's it. We have solved it. <laughs> the people Reading we have been discussing pretty much <laughs> different. Understanding it is a diff- hmm. different thing. I could read a mathematics book, l- l- let's say 200 pages in a day. Hmm. But can I understand it? No, it will probably take a few years. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I could do this, what they hmm. call it in Punjabi, Tota Ratan. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would just cram it in, you know, no. I, I could just keep yes. reciting it, reciting, reciting it without understanding yes. a single word of it. And I think probably that's what, what's happening. Uh, a lot of our people are doing Netanayam mm. uh, reading Gurbanis, but they don't understand a single word. Well, there's always a good time to start, and that time is now.